Hey guys, welcome everyone to episode 49 of New Ones at Noon, aka the New Music Mondays podcast. If podcasts podcasts are your thing, I'm your host, Ben in Toronto. This show airs on Dropout Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And this episode is sponsored by the curiosity in my own heart. That's not a company, that's, that's just a statement. Over the weekend, I got my second vaccination in Toronto, along with 20,000 plus other people at at what I can only describe as the best event I have been to in person in in over a year. Scotiabank Arena was packed with people and you know it was kind of kind of fun just being there. There was music, there was prizes, Uh, it was totally ridiculous and very well done. So congrats if you if you made it out uh, or to one of the other vaccination sites in the city and I hope I hope that second shot isn't treating you too badly. We've got a great show lined up this week, everybody. We've got new tunes by Moon King and talk show host, which in and of itself is pretty awesome. But, but the fun doesn't stop there. In celebration of the Pentagon's UAP task force report that was released last week, a document that at least confirms the existence of unidentified aerial things. (laughs) We've got an interview with Mike DeMonte, the author of Punk Rock and UFOs. So there was a report dropped on the DNI.gov website last week. It, the public version at least, was nine pages long with very little new information and left uh, many UFO followers, I guess, feeling a little disappointed, admittedly myself included. That said, as many have pointed out, it is a step in the right direction uh, to hopefully get people really thinking and even talking about this subject. Before we get too far out into space, let's start a little bit closer to home. Let's say the moon. Moon King is a synth pop project by Toronto-born artist Daniel Benjamin. As a teen, Benjamin was involved in the city's DIY music community, playing in numerous bands and organizing events like all-night warehouse concerts and all-night concerts on Toronto Island. Wait, what? Where was I for that? The Moon King Project is that kind of dream pop music that you can love to, you can cry to, and you can even have it on while your parents are visiting. The artist's new single is called Survival of the Strongest, and the artist had this to say about the track. Quote, I've become fascinated with actors, auditioning, and trying to get the part. Things that might seem silly in high school drama class stay with you. Learning how to perform, whether that's on stage, online, or for a job. End quote. This is the new one from Moon King. This is Survival of the Strongest.
We're taking a bit of a different approach to today's show because, well, because I, I read a book that I found pretty fascinating on a subject that I find incredibly fascinating. It's been all over the news lately and stuff, and I like to keep the show as fresh as possible. If you're a fan of the show, you might have picked up on my my subtle interest in the ongoing UFO news that keeps slowly being published by credible outlets like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and even the Toronto Star, and pretty much any, to some degree, other news outlet that is out there. Fascinating stories of Navy pilots encountering objects that they couldn't identify, objects that move in ways that defy what we know of physics. I guess we don't know enough yet. As I mentioned, I stumbled across an excellent book recently, and because of the parallels with music, I did reach out to the author, who agreed to meet with me on a call for an interview. Full disclosure, I actually didn't know the author had written three books on this subject, the UFO phenomenon, that is. At the time of the interview, I had actually only read the the first book. I'm currently almost finished the second and can't wait to start the third. Mike DeMonte is a music journalist from Houston, Texas. He's a writer for the defense website, thedebrief.org, and he's the author of Punk Rock and UFOs, Crypto Zoology Meets Anarchy, True Believers, and Punk Rock and UFOs, Stranger Than Fiction. This is part of my interview with Mike DeMonte. The extended interview will be released later this week as a standalone special episode. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. I am here with Mike DeMonte, the author of Punk Rock and UFOs, which is the book we are talking about today. This is a one-off episode. Mike, how are you, man? Uh, doing great. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking uh, Punk Rock and UFOs, Stranger Than Fiction, which came out almost about a year ago to this, I think June 16th was uh, June 16th, nice. Released. So we're about- There's a you synchronicity know, for you right there, yeah. nice. There you go, synchronicity, very cool. <laughs> so you were dialing in from Houston, Texas right now, that's right? Correct. Cool, and um, normally we were talking to musicians on this show or, or uh, sometimes an activist or two. How would you, what, what would you describe yourself as, journalist? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a journalism background. Uh, I worked at the Eastern Chronicle um, all throughout college and then after college, I stayed there doing web producing, copy editing, writing. I covered like the, the pop punk and punk rock music scene because no one really else did. So I was kind of like on the side, you know, after I would, my shift at the desk, copy editing and doing stuff on the website, I would go cover these concerts for them. And I covered the, the Houston Arrows, which was our AHL team, their very last year in Houston. I covered them for uh, our website, cron.com. Yeah, so that's kind of my background. Um, and then I started writing books and here we are. Here we are. What's the punk scene like uh, down there? In Houston? Oh man, so like, I've been talking about this a lot lately because I have a book coming out tomorrow. Well, I'm not sure when this airs, but I have a book coming out this month. Uh, on June 10th. On June 10th. Uh, it's called Hey Suburbia. It's a guide to the emo pop punk rise. So I've, I've been talking about, you know, the punk rock scene, different scenes in general. But I just remember, you know, in the scene when I first was getting involved, like, dude, it was really, really, really good, really consistent. A lot of DIY clubs, a lot of shows would come through here. And now, you know, I was talking about it the other day with friends, like so many, you know, tours are being announced and so many tours are skipping Houston. But I mean, through the years, there's been some good, you know, smaller size bands who came through here, uh, came through Houston, and even bigger size bands. Uh, Phoenix DX is from here. Yeah, so definitely, it's definitely a good scene, but, you know, it'd be better if more, more of these tours started coming back towards Houston. Uh, so I want to talk to you about your book, Punk Rock and UFOs. This is this again. This is a one-off episode. We're just going to be releasing this interview, and and it's going to be a, it's going to be a thing that lives out there. And the reason the reason that I wanted to do that is because the news right now around the UFO UAP phenomenon is is obviously heating up. It's one of my favorite sort of brain to- topics to just kind of chew on 
I call it brain food because it's just you never kind of really know what you're thinking about half the time. And yeah, you know, we're just we're just dipping into that. And I thought I thought you might be a great place to start. I really enjoyed your book. And I just have a few questions to, to, to kind of get get into that stuff, if that's cool. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk about anything you want to talk about. I want to talk. I want to talk. First thing I want to say is a quote. Quote is, quote, don't hate the media, become the media. End quote. That quote is from Jello Bafara of the Dead Kennedys. Can you tell me what that quote means to you? So I remember, oh man, when I was in college, you know, I was heavy into more of the activist side of like punk rock. And um, I remember I had this professor, oh, he was so great. Uh, his name was Frederick Schiff. And uh, he passed away years ago, but he was such a great professor. And uh, he, he would do like, oh, he would tell us all these stories about all this like on the ground journalism he did. But he was like really, really like left wing. And oh, I, just, I just loved him. I mean, I felt like I was listening to the dead Kennedys just being in his classroom. Um, but I remember when I told him, I was like, hey, I got a job working at the Chronicle. He said Chronicle, and he looked at me like, oh, okay, cool. Kind of like I was like a sellout for working for like a big local paper. And I thought that was kind of cool, but and funny. But I mean, at the same time, I remember that quote from the dead Kennedys really kind of stuck with me because there's so many criticisms about media and just, I mean, in, in any any area of interest, right? There's people who just kind of criticize and then don't do anything. I love that quote and I, I included it in the first punk rock and Foes book, Cryptozoology Meets Anarchy. And I believe, did I repeat it again in Strange of the Fiction? Uh, we were talking about cryptozoology, cryptozoology, cryptozoology and Anarchy is the one that I'm, I'm referring to. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Correct. So yeah, that's basically just kind of, that's kind of reflected in the idea that at the time, the stuff was really an underdog science and it was really, how it was viewed in the media was definitely as an underdog. So you kind of still were like, you know, punk rock is, but now, I mean, not so much anymore. Just to clarify, um, you do have two books in that series. Is that correct? Uh, three. Three books. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sorry. I think I've just read the first one then. Yes. You have to read Strangers in Fiction. That's the newest one. That's better than the other two combined. It's not the other two are bad, but it's like, like I was talking to other people about it. It's like when you, like writing books is so much different than writing a news story for journalists. You're, you're told you got to be concise. But yeah, no. So the first punk rock exposed book is really just kind of about the idea of these things, this underdog science and how we approach them. Second one, True Believers, another punk rock reference. True Believers is kind of more about the people who study this and how they got into it. And then also how, as a society, we can be interested in this stuff and why that's important. The idea of paranormal, where I say, hey, this stuff isn't so weird. And I kind of do that for looking at mythology, religion, a lot of pop culture, and just really just kind of interviewed a lot of different people from academia, government, science, Hollywood, UFO research, etc. So yeah, um, all three of them are kind of different, uh, but Change of the Fiction really really pulls from the other two books as well, the best qualities of that combines them. But Cryptozoology and Birth of Anarchy was the first book I did, and that really put me, quote unquote, on the UFO map, just because it was kind of different, it was a different take. And Jason McCohen from Rogue Planet TV, uh, he's, a, he's a researcher, he's been on History Channel, he's been doing this stuff for years. He was the first one who kind of like found my book and put me on it. I owe any, quote unquote, UFO success I ever had to him just from discovering my book because he's a punk rock and sky guy too so um yeah one of the things i wanted to talk to you about because because there is a there's a report coming out um and i might not be maybe you can give me a better sort of rundown but um because i don't fully understand like you know the amendment process or adding stuff i barely understand how we do it in canada um so so at the end of december uh former president trump I rolled my eyes a wee bit there. Um, Me too. <laughs> uh, did sign the COVID-19 relief bill, which contained something a little bit weird in it, which was a statement that the uh, three-letter intelligence agencies have to come clean to Congress in a report within 180 days about what they know on the UFO topic. Am I getting that pretty much yeah. on the mark? Yeah. 
basically the, the, the UIP task force has to release um, what they know. And, I've, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, what they know. <laughs> the UAP task force report when it comes out, a lot of people are, are speculating that it's nothing. It's going to be nothing major. If it's not, that's not the end of the world. But I really hope that the story doesn't die. I hope it piques curiosity, at least. Um, yeah, yeah. It's definitely done that, for sure. Right on. What, as somebody who works in the media and as somebody who, who, because I work, I work in media too. I'm actually on the advertising PR side of a lot of it, a lot of the time. And, and when you get communications from anybody, whether it's the government, whether it's a, a, a PR company, whatever, how much research do you want to do into that story realistically? I mean, realistically, as much as you can, depending on when your deadline is, et cetera, depends on, you know, what type of work you're doing, um, what type of story you're doing, et cetera. But as we're seeing right now, like I said, there's a lot of really big media outlets internationally, not just here in North America, that are really covering this and really kind of diving deep. And um, I would like to really cite the uh, article that The New Yorker did, I would say maybe a few weeks ago. And there's, no, there's nothing new in that article, but it's such a huge platform. Somebody could read that article and basically be caught up to, I would say 90% of the like, important UFO stuff for the past like 40, 50 years. They could read that article basically be caught up. And that's a big deal, especially having uh, a really intensive article on such a, a huge outlet. So yeah, for sure. And that was the piece that sort of implied um, that we do have, or I guess the US government potentially, or some sort of sect within the US government has some sort of technology. Uh, it quoted um, quite a few people who said that. Uh, Will Elizondo, somebody kind of hinted towards that. Was saying, uh, Philip Corso wrote the book the day after Roswell. He was a former Pentagon official who claims that his job was to take reverse, uh, I'm sorry, to take crashed foreign tech and then give it to private companies to reverse engineer. So, I mean, people have been saying this for years, but now it's, it's people are saying it, mainstream news outlets, and they're not afraid of, of the pushback. So it's really a good time to be into this stuff just because a lot of the stuff that we believe, you know, we've heard this stuff for years, but now we're getting kind of a confirmation in a, in, in a mainstream platform. Do you think, and please like, you know, explain what, what your thought process is, but do you believe that the mainstream media, like major news outlets and the people that work there generally um, are qualified to report on this subject based on, or they, do you feel like maybe they're just getting a press release being like, all right, this is what we're saying. Let's all write it down. Um, that's a really good question. A really good point. I've read a lot of the, a lot of the articles, which are really good. And then there's some of them you can tell are just basically just a reporter throwing it together. But a lot of that is really no fault of their own because, you know, if, if they, like I said, they just want a quick aggregation of something already going on, that's really easy for a reporter to do as opposed to something more in depth where then that reporter would reach, maybe try to reach out to people who research this stuff. I, I look at Brian Bender, just a really good example of somebody who is who's interacted with like the UFO community, but he's also really took due diligence in doing these stories and he does them in a really good, unbiased way. And uh, he's actually really nice. I've interacted with him a few times, very nice guy. And he does, he has reached out. He reached out to Alejandro Ropaz who uh, helped him kind of with his last article. And he recently gave him props on Twitter, which is a little bit late. He should have given props in the story, but no, that's still pretty cool because Alejandro Ropaz is a walking historian on the stuff in general, but especially what's going on recently. So oh, oh, there's some really good reporters who are taking this seriously and really kind of adding it almost like it's like their beat, you know, like that's part of their beat now, especially if your beats Washington DC and like defense, then this really kind of falls under it now. So there's a lot of really good reporters really doing their, their, their due diligence. And you know, you can tell, I mean, you're you're involved in the media, you can tell when you read an article that this is something that uh, the New York Post just aggregated from someone else and slapped up as opposed to Brian Bender you know, the Washington Post, who really was writing his own content and getting his own quotes and just really building his own stories. 
so yeah, when you hear things like the Haram Ishad story um, and, and seeing it make make news like NBC and CBS and Canada and maybe CBC and CTV, which are our big ones up here, how do you reconcile those kind of statements um, about the Galactic Federation, about uh, the aliens wanting us as helpers, those kind of things? How do you reconcile that as a journalist? And how do you think journalists reconcile that? So it's interesting. A journalist kind of taught to really rely heavily, uh, sometimes too heavily, on official sources and titles. Right, uh, just because a lot of times those titles just lend to the credibility of the person. Somebody is a senator or congressman or head coach, right? You know, those official titles hold weight. So a lot of times, you know, we trust in the sources and we kind of go with it. If what they say, you know, sometimes you can't bet what they say. So they're saying something that's inaccurate, then it's really on them. They say, because you know, a lot of this stuff, especially with this subject, it's really hard to bet. Uh, especially some of these extraordinary claims that we hear. But yeah, there's also the other side of it that you know that believes that. Some of this is coming is disinformation coming from higher ups that are able to kind of disseminate this disinformation, distract us from the truth. There's kind of both sides to it too. So I want to talk to you a little bit about about sulfur and smells and and how that relates to the field of cryptozoology, which I know you're interested in, um, and the field of UFOs and how those are kind of tied or seemingly seem to be somewhat tied together. So it's interesting, like you mentioned, like some people who, who see like Bigfoot or you know, they'll smell sulfur or, like, or hot garbage or people, you know, have said that the scent of cinnamon are in aliens. Really, it's part of a larger phenomenon that you know, cryptozoology and ufology kind of tied together. And that's something I kind of really dive deeper in Change of the Fiction is kind of tied that all these paranormal occurrences really kind of one of the same. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see, especially how, how far we've come in terms of studying both these subjects. It's not just one or the other. You can study cryptology and ufology, and they're kind of one in, one in its own right now, um, which is really fascinating. Cool. Have you read any uh, John Keel by any chance? Uh, I'm familiar with, with the, the Mothman stuff he's done. I would obviously like to kind of to read more of him, but, you know, something we were talking about off there earlier was uh, the book he did was The Eighth Dimension. Uh, the Eighth Tower. The Eighth Tower, yeah, where he's, where he's talking about... Uh, he, 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 so he, he had thought, like, he's gone through stages in his sort of belief system, um, similar to Jacques Vallée, has gone through sort of stages. Um, he believes that it's more one consciousness, like one being, maybe maybe the Earth itself, various things like that. Just some good reading, if you're if you're down, I recommend it. Yeah, for sure. We talked about order, uh, Jacques Vallée, Passport to Magonia, too. It's really good. That takes the mythology through history and really ties it to all these, you know, these crazy occurrences. Yeah, just kind of shift, and I think this is where you're going next, is talking more about consciousness and uh, how years ago that, you know, this really was talking with the UFO subject. It was kind of more like the New Age stuff, right? It was kind of dismissed as, oh, that's just New Age. But now, I mean, it's really kind of, when it comes to the importance of it, it's right next to the nuts and bolts aspect of UFOlogy, especially when you have journalists like Leslie Kane going from writing about UFOs to Life After Death. In my first book, I wrote about that a little bit, and uh, we kind of discussed earlier that um, there's stuff about biocentrism, and there's this doctor named Robert Lanza who oh, is- so that's, my next, that's my next question, actually. Oh. Uh, what is what is biocentrism, bio, bio, <clears throat> pardon me. What is biocentrism and why is it important? Well, part of it is basically after after we got our consciousness, what happens to it, right? And a lot of people believe that it lives on. And that's kind of something that is really being studied heavily now in terms of, you know, being associated with the UFO phenomena. And in my, my last book, Stranger of Fiction, I really dive deeper in consciousness. I've, I've interviewed doctors and psychologists and people who've really studied this, uh, written books about it. So yeah, I really dive deeper into that because that's kind of where we're at right now. It's really, obviously, in the mainstream element, there is this 
nuts and bolts, give us the data, right? But then kind of behind the scenes, the, the consciousness stuff is, is being respected. And it's not just being respected by ufologists, it's being respected by mainstream scientists, uh, doctors. There's reports in, in legit medical journals about it. Netflix just did a documentary based on Leslie Kane's book. So it's like, it's really fascinating how it's all kind of coming together. What is next for Mike DeMonte? Um, good question. So I have my book. You get a new uh, book coming out. Hey, Suburbia, that's a coffee table book about the emo pop-up rise with interviews I've done with like bands like Blink-182, Bad Religion, Descendants, You Found Glory, Taking Back Sunday. Um, and then for UFO stuff, I mean, Stranger Than Fiction was the last book I wrote a year ago, and I highly recommend it. It's the best work I've ever done. And it really kind of pulls from all different elements of it. And it's something where a UFO person can pick it up and get something new, and somebody new can pick it up and learn something as well. So that was kind of the, the point of that. PuckRackingUFOs.com still exists. I, I do stories on there whenever I can, and I also write for the debrief.org too. And I have a story coming out this week about a, a really cool new major that a college is offering. Arizona State University is offering this global like global enterprise like space enterprise degree so you can like go to school and get a degree and be like the next elon musk or robert bigelow wow that's so. amazing very cool um and you kind of, you have kind of already mentioned this but i just want to i just want to drive it home is there any 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 where should we find more on mike demonte uh punkrockandyourphones.com and uh click those ads because i get money no i'm kidding <laughs> 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 awesome. Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, hey, before you go, we are 100% dedicated to independent Canadian music. So what is your what is your favorite independent Canadian band, if you have one? So I actually just did a podcast, kind of around Facebook, but it was, it's a podcast uh, based upon the group Propaganda. A rock band, from, I believe they're from Winnipeg. They really kind of rose up in the, kind of like the fat record skate punk scene, but they were really... Uh, miles above the other bands on that roster uh, in terms of content, you know, very politically active band, really engaging lyrics, and they're one of the bands who kind of, they, they walk the walk and they talk the talk, so Propaganda is one of them. Oh, and a new band, Talk Show Host. Uh, talk Show should, Host. And uh, I just got into it because I think their bass player started following me on Twitter, and I was like, oh, there's this guy I like Ben Wooden. I was like, oh, he's in a band. And then uh, his publicist is a friend of mine. And I was like, oh, wow, they're like a, a really big, they're like a real band. And uh, I just reviewed their record last week. It's really good. Uh, it really sounds like like 2000s era, like vagrant records bands, like No Motive. So yeah, their new record, uh, Century Modern, is, is really good. Nice, nice. Mike, right. thanks so much, man. Uh, Punk Rock and UFOs, it's a trilogy. Uh, what are all the books' names? Uh, so, Punk Rock UFOs, Cryptozoology Meets Anarchy, True Believers, and then the last one, Stranger, Punk Rock UFOs, Stranger Than Fiction. And Get Stranger Than Fiction, um, it, is, it really wraps it all together. Uh, right, thanks, thanks so much for hanging out. No, appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Thank you, Mike. It was a real pleasure speaking with you, and I hope we can do it again. Mike's latest book is out now, and it is called Hey Suburbia. And if you're down for some UFO brain food from the perspective of a media-savvy freethinker, check out his books, Punk Rock and UFOs, Cryptozoology Meets Anarchy, True Believers, and or Punk Rock and UFOs Stranger Than Fiction. I mean, you really can't go wrong. Since Mike brought it up, talk show host... Talk Show Host is an indie punk rock trio from Toronto, Canada, who's just released their debut LP. The band has been a Toronto indie music staple for a while now. Their debut album is called Mid-Century Modern. It is out now on Wiretap Records and is available any place you get your music. This is Warmest Condolences by Talk Show Host.
Make me tell on you Don't Make me tell on you Don't Make me tell That is the show this week, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and hanging out with me. I hope this episode piqued some curiosities or, or at least helped you kill some time. Check out Drop It Entertainment online at dropitentertainment.ca. You can check out Drop It Radio there too. You can also check out Drop It Radio on the MyTuner Radio app as well as most quality radio apps. You can also, and should, hit up Dropout Entertainment on social media at Dropout Entertainment. Dropout is licensed to play through SoCan, so thank you, thank you, SoCan. This show is available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, and iHeartRadio, so don't forget to don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. If you know some awesome Canadian bands or artists that we should be listening to, hit me up at benjamin at dropoutentertainment.ca, or just say hey, because mail is fun. This show is a Drop It Entertainment production. I'm still your host, Ben in Toronto. And now back to 100% real Canadian independent music. This is Drop It Radio.